Welcome to the Creative Soul Healing Podcast. Here we talk about the connection between creativity and healing, and how we are creative, and how creativity helps us heal mentally, physically, and emotionally. Join us now. Hi everyone, Larissa Russell of Creative View Healing, and today I have with me Deborah Epstein. Deborah is an artist, shamanic practitioner, healer, and creative spiritual guide. And a transformational coach, she has been supporting women and working in the healing arts for over 20 years. She is the CEO and lead dreamer at the Cosmic Dreaming Lodge in Sedona, Arizona, a place to heal, dream, and create. Welcome, Deb. Uh, thanks for having me. I love our conversation. <laughs> so much so that we have started a monthly live, I don't even know what to call it. Is it a podcast? It's a live, it's a show. But we yeah. get together once a month and share that with everybody. Yeah. So. It is fun. Like, yeah, I, I, just the the one we've done so far, um, mm-hmm. I got a lot of great feedback um, on that conversation. It shifted yeah. a lot of mine. So. I did too. But I always love it when we get together, like even, even just now. So we yeah. get together to do this <laughs> podcast and we've just spent 45 minutes chatting about all sorts of uh, spiritual and business and healing and all of those great things. Mm-hmm. So, I love it. I love it. Yeah. And uh, so, much so for fun. those who might not know you, who doesn't <laughs> know you, can you share some of your story and the path that has brought you to where you are now? Oh, sure. I'd love to do that. Um, I always go like, oh my gosh, it's such a long path. And so where to begin without like telling <laughs> 58 oh, years of it, but <laughs> so oh. The shortened version of that. So yeah, I, um, I got into um, art and healing through um, art school. And there was a, a moment when I was in art school where I was doing these paintings, like huge, huge paintings, wall paintings. And uh, my teacher at the time, just he was just like overwhelmed really with all the work I was doing. Because I, when I do something, I just do it. You know, I'm like, to not, to, I don't want to say to death, but to life, you know, I just, I get into it. And um, so we were at our half semester crit, I had all of my work on the wall, it was a big room, and I filled every wall. And he was saying, like, how prolific I was in that class, and, you know, all the work that I've been doing. And one of the things that struck him the most about me was I had this, um, message it seemed coming through all my work that was very dramatic and um contrary to my demure nature (laughs) it's kind of he used the word demure and I was like yeah like I am a very quiet person I'm you know more of a hermit and in that time in my life in my in my 20s I very much was an introvert and very mousy just very much like afraid of the world and that was really like the, the question that he asked of me, like, where is this powerful work coming from? You know, you, you know, from, you don't appear to me to have this depth. And <laughs> I really started thinking about it because it was a good question. And, you know, I hadn't thought of it before. Mm-hmm. And um, it really set me on my healing journey. That question was the, the question that got me going on my healing journey. And what I discovered was um, I wasn't, surprise, surprise, channeling the pain of the world in my paintings. It was my own pain. Mm-hmm. I was so disassociated from the things that happened to me in my childhood and my upbringing um, in my life up to that point. Um that and I didn't have any awareness of like how trauma is stored in the body, how it's in our energetic system, how it's in our mind, how we act from it. Um, and we're not even ourselves, really. We're not in our, our authenticity when because we're in survival all the time. And that was just my natural state of being. I didn't, I just didn't know, had no idea, you know, and, and so disassociated that it's not mine, it's the whole universe's pain, right? How how funny is that, right? So that um, got me looking, and um, you know, of course, coupled with hitting some major walls in my life, <laughs> needing to find help, um, I found a, a really awesome practitioner who was doing um, a combination of massage, myofascial my release, and um, core belief work. Um, I'm trying to think of um, 
called Theta Healing from Sienna Stibble. And it was powerful work because it was um, getting things on a lot of different levels. And the, the thing that she did with me is she would look at my artwork. I would, you know, I, I was processing what I was mm -hmm. discovering about myself through my artwork. And um, I still have all that work. It wants to be compiled at some point into a healing book, but not yet. Um, but it was what she was using to help unearth some of my core beliefs, some of the trauma that I experienced, how I was framing that trauma for myself and how I was acting out of it and how I got to transform that. And so when she would always know when we were onto something, cause my work would change, the colors I would use would change. It was working really subconscious. I was working, you know, in that dream state and just like, you know, allowing the flow to happen. And so from there, I started to really kind of put together, well, first I know I needed to work in the body. I was working, you know, as a Reiki master and I, it kind of shifted what I was doing in art and went to, a, took a different program in art and healing it was very like, um, not a lot of programs like that in the country at that time. And so it was really kind of on the edge of, you know, it's not that it was never done before. It was just kind of on the edge for college. <laughs> and it was a very like brand new kind of pilot program that I did. And it was really amazing, but then I couldn't figure out how to put it together. You know, how do I get all these pieces? And because I love, loved doing the body work. I loved getting in the body. I loved doing the energy work and I loved doing the artwork. And how do I get people to play with me in that field? You know, how do I do this? And so that was, that question sat with me till kind of till the pandemic hit. Because <laughs> I was adding pieces of it in, you know, the shamanism, like that kind of was a, an addition that kind of followed in as a result of like when I uh, did the body work, it was just kind of this weavy zigzaggy pattern of adding different modalities in and exploration. I still do that. I'll be a lifelong explorer and in, in the healing arts. Um, but when the pandemic hit, I couldn't do hands-on body work anymore. So I got to be creative. And how does this want to come in to play here? How can I bring this in now and married in with everything else? that I know how to do. And the Cosmic Dreaming Lodge was born. Didn't start out as that, um, but it's developed into that. And that's kind of what you see behind me uh, is the imagination at play. Like these are all my guides um, that I paint. Um, they are very real to me. Um, some of them come in and I paint them uh, like, and then I get, then I get to know who they are. <laughs> mm -hmm. But um, when you start playing in that realm of the imagination, um, and playing in the unseen world, when you have like um, the framework of say shamanism or uh, a cultural kind of frame around it that looks at the imagination differently than we do in the Western world, it really just opens up a whole amazing doorway of where you can take your art, where you can expand into your creativity and your healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I've been on a, a similar path, um, not so much, oh, no. okay, I was going to say I didn't do so much with the body work, but, you know, I have my Reiki and I've, you know, I, I started in reflexology, I didn't uh, complete because I realized it wasn't really what I wanted to do, not where I wanted to put my energy, um, studied under a shaman, you know, did all of these different, uh, a sh shamanic practitioner, let's be honest about no. All right. We're not going to start a whole thing about sh shamanism right now. I studied under a sh shamanic practitioner. I'm just going to put, leave it there. Um, and <laughs> I understand and hear what you're saying. <laughs> and we'll just say that. <laughs> yeah. so, there's that. Um, there's so, that. you know, many, all of these different things. And I think it was that always that searching, right? Always that searching and trying to find more and exploring and, and always working on my own healing and mm -hmm. And creativity has always been woven into that as it's so important. Uh, it's a key component of who I am, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think, honestly, it's a key component of who everyone is. We just don't Agreed. allow for it. Mm -hmm. right? We just don't allow mm -hmm. for it. And But I just, it bro literally broke me not to be in creativity mm -hmm. until I, I had to. I had to or die. And um, so very similar paths very different but very similar you know how you have to do that that work on the traumas that happened 
when you were younger and uh, if you were like me, continued to happen because you didn't know what was <laughs> happening. And so you kept having traumas until you finally went, oh, I'm a part of the problem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Funny that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so important. And I just, I think it's really amazing the work that you do. And I love the conversations we have, like, like I was saying at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And so saying that, um, the one question I ask every guest is, what does healing with creativity mean to you? And I think I know your answer, but maybe everybody else doesn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because I like healing. I've been redefining that for myself because I, 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 I don't know if this is true for everybody, but working in the healing arts field, um, you know, when people come to do body work, especially they want their pain to go away, they want to heal, they want to be fixed. And healing is such a transformational process that when you enter into healing, you know, because, and that doesn't matter how you come to it, there's something that's not working that you want to work and you don't know what that is. You have an idea and it could be the pain that brings you in. Usually it is some sort of pain, as you were saying, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) From the past, something you keep on doing that don't, you don't know what it is that you keep on doing. Why do I keep creating this? Why does, you know, this person keep, this type of person keep entering my field and into my life? And it's that impetus that we need to make some sort of transformation. And so I've been really starting to look at like, well, healing healed you know it's like you know the layers of the onion and all that kind of stuff and how we're never really done and um I I it's funny I I kind of get caught up in in how to talk about this now because what I'm saying I feel like I'm in the paradox of it you know because things are getting better things are moving in a right direction things aren't as painful as they used to be yet as we keep evolving those behavior patterns those systems are still going to come up and rear their heads and it's always that you know oh I thought I healed that oh I thought I fixed that oh I mustn't have done it right you know so like even that part of it comes back up again and it's like no it's like what I've really working in the transformational work that I've been doing kind of helped me to see that like everything always wanting to move to the next level and it's not about not being good enough it's that everything in the universe is in motion that yes we're constantly in motion new information is coming in to to our field all the time and we're not static right we move with everything else our consciousness is expanding and stretching. And so of course our survival programs are going to come up online because it's going to feel unsafe. And it doesn't mean that you did anything wrong or I did anything wrong or you did anything wrong. There's nothing wrong. It's like, oh, this is what, this is what's going on. So it's like the work that I do now is really like, well, yes, it's healing because it's nourishing. It feels good. Right. And it's also transformational because it helps get you to what you are wanting to create that you haven't created yet for whatever the reason is, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just saying that, I was just thinking of that sort of that cycle. And I think of it more as the yarn and you pull it and the knot we've had this conversation before. And then, you know, you untie that knot or you tug on it a little, and then you'll find another one or, <clears throat> and so that's more how I look at it than the onion but we're, we're never done. Like if we're, if we're done, why are we here? Right. Yeah. So there's yeah. always something, but it's how quickly we can move through it, how we process it, what we do with that information. So maybe, you know, something comes up and you think, oh, I think I was done with that. You know, I thought I was, and I can think of one thing in particular. And, you know, <laughs> and it's like, well, are you though? Because it's a pattern that, okay it didn't like bring me to my knees this time. This time I went, Oh, that's interesting. Or wow. We obviously still need to do some work around that. Right. So every time it's a little bit easier, but it, but it comes up because we have, like you said, new information, we have new ways of dealing with things. And so Mm -hmm. can we be completely done with something until we have all the information? I don't know. 
right? So yeah. I think that has a lot to do with why things come back, but it's how quickly you're able to process that, how quickly mm-hmm. you move through it. Yeah, how, how you shift out of it. Yeah, for mm. sure. It's, it doesn't mean that the thought doesn't exist in the head. It's just like, it just doesn't have the same heat it did maybe 15 years ago, mm-hmm. you know? And um, one of the, the one of the tools that I like to use as an uh, example of that patterning that you were talking about is the Mandelbrot set or the Mandel. I think it's I, I always say it wrong because it's French. It's Mandelbrot and you know ben, Benoit Mandelbrot. He came up with the um, fractal geometry, mm-hmm. and he comp- you know when the computers got to a certain point of like being able to do mathematical equations, he discovered the the mathematical set for fractals. And it's actually what helped um, computer graphics take off in the way that it did because we live in a fractal universe. And so the mathematics on that kind of, it proves that kind of proves it, it does prove it. So we too are nature. And so our nature is pattern, how we operate, we operate in patterns and you think about behavior patterns. You have the ancestral patterns, right? You have the cultural patterns, you have the familial patterns, right? The tribal patterns, the patterns that you developed yourself from how you perceived all of that, you know? So you just start thinking about, I, when I talk about this, I always get like this image in my head of like these really cool designs and how we're living, we're living through them. We're running our energy. We're running our consciousness through these, right? That's 90% of how we operate in the world. 10% is actual awareness. And so, yeah, we're going to mess up you know, things are going to come to the surface. It's going to feel weird when you do something different that you haven't done before. It's going to be uncomfortable when you're say like, uh, you know, I should put, should post one of my artwork, piece of artwork out on social media and, you know, oh, the butterflies in the stomach. And it's like, that's the reason we don't do stuff because we feel that uncomfortable in our body And, you know, we are getting those trauma signals, like it's not safe to do this. It's not safe to do this, but it takes that like intestinal fortitude to go like, okay, yes, I feel you. And I know that you've been burned in the past, but we're going to do this. You know, we're going to do this because the need to expand is greater than the need to shrink. And it's, I'm thinking of the Emmaus men, um, about the, the need to, uh, blossom versus stay in a tight bud. Mm -hmm. Um, that's such a great example or, or um, poem for, you know, what, how we, how we grow in the world. So um, yeah, that Mandelbrot, the Mandelbrot set, like if you can YouTube that um, and go to YouTube and, and say, Google, Google it on YouTube, search for it. <laughs> <laughs> Google has become synonymous with search. Yeah. <laughs> for me. Yes. It really has. They've made it that way. It's so interesting because we were actually having, as you know, but our listeners don't, uh, we were just talking about sort of those pain points and pushing clients past those pain points. And, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things that I struggle with, with, with some clients, not all clients is like how far to push them, how far to push them. And then having to look at my own discomfort in that. Right. And so um we were talking about how to, um, well, I need to look at that part in my own self, but also then how, how we can adjust it. So we have that conversation because you cannot move forward without being uncomfortable. You cannot expand without being uncomfortable. So you need to be comfortable in being uncomfortable or you're not going to expand. Yeah. Right. And so that's how we grow. That's how we heal. That's how we change. And it's scary. It's scary as hell. It is scary. And it's, it is uncomfortable. And I love that you just said, you know, we get to be uncomfortable. Uh, get, we get to be comfortable being uncomfortable. One of my mentors used to say that all the time, mm-hmm. you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I like, I remember the first time I heard that, I was like, what? <laughs> Why would I want to do that? <laughs> that's but it's how like, it works. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works because it's like, well, you're desensitizing yourself to those things that's usually stop us and like yes we're human beings too and we we see the places where we're stopping we're feeling the places where we're stopping the only difference is is that we've been doing this work enough that we see the signs in ourselves like Mm -hmm. oh 
you know, being in 100% responsibility for my own creation and my own body. <laughs> what am I feeling right now, you know? Mm. And yeah, holding someone in their pain point is is really hard to do. Um especially when you're a nurturer and, you know, if you have that need to want to fix or make better, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like, just think about like, oh, you're a little kid that fell and you want to like, oh, let me, you know, I know you, I know that hurts you, but let me try and absorb some of that pain for you. And we don't, we won't help anybody get stronger if we do that, you know? And so that's, it's not about being tough as nails. It's that balance of Kelly and Kuan Yin. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because we don't, it, it's very true. And I recognize it. Like, that's why we were having that conversation, right? Because I recognize that it, it wasn't working. It's yeah. like, you know, figuring out the shift that I need to make to help my clients even more. And because I think I do a pretty good job as it is, they probably don't know that I'm having this. <laughs> I shouldn't be sharing it, but you know, the very real thing is awesome that you're sharing it because I think that's part of it. It's like, yeah, we're all human. You yeah. know, that's yeah. part of it. Nobody knows better than we know, but we need help looking at things. That's the, the whole, the mirroring. I tell people all the time, I have, you know, I have a coach, I use a coach. Mm. And I think that's, I think that's an asset, you know, so, so that people know that, yeah, I bump up against stuff too. It's not that I bump up against it. That makes me bad or wrong. It's that, you know, I get to move through it and that's yeah. what I'm modeling how, how that happens, that it happens. And that, you know, I think some of, you know, what in the past, what happens is you see someone in their kind of finished polished state, like they didn't see all the muck, you know, and nobody will see that. Nobody will see the muck that you personally had to go through to get to where you are right here. Right. Just like me, you know? And I, I mean, honestly, I can look back on my journey and go like, and even go like, wow, it really wasn't that bad, but boy, was it really hamstring in me? But I think, you know, it really was that bad. I think that's just the distance, you know, cause there's no more heat on it. You know, mm -hmm. there's no more heat on it. And it was horrible and it was uncomfortable. And like right now I'm thinking in my mind of one time at, um, when I was at a seminar, like how I almost quit because it was like, it got to what I had to look at got too intense for me. Mm -hmm. It got really, really. And I'm like, how much do you really want to do this? Really? Yeah. But what's on the other side, me, mm -hmm. I'm on the other side. Yeah. I, I had a similar experience. I had traveled to a training and, you know, I'm in this hotel by myself and it, it was like 12, 15 hour days of like intense work. And the end of the second day, I was like, I can't do this. Like I'm going home, like, forget this. And then I just, I, I had to sit with it through the, cause where am I going to go? Really? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the airport was so tiny. I don't even know if there would have been a flight when I wanted to get out of there. Um, but it was like, I had to sit with that and be like, okay, what are you running away from? What are you avoiding? What do you need to? And I was there to do the work, to learn, to do the work. And, you know, but you have to do the work to learn to do the work. Absolutely. And yeah. And, and then it was like, okay, I can do this. I got this, you know, incredibly painful, very uncomfortable, yeah. but man, so much better when you get out the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And what helps is, you know, for me, like, you know, as I think back to that, that experience, I was at, I was in Pennsylvania, I was in Valley Forge and I went to Valley Forge state park. And I was driving around and it was the grace. It was the grace of spirit. I had a deer cross my path. <laughs> and it was so funny. I was like, oh, look at that. That deer is gorgeous. What a beautiful deer. And I was like, thank you for that gift. And then I kept going. And then another deer passed in front of me. And I thought like, wow. And it, at, there's some level of, I wasn't connecting the dots of like, that was for me. Mm -hmm. And then the third deer <laughs> passed my passed over my my path and then I finally looked up what deer meant and it was so relevant to what I was experiencing and I broke down and cried and that's what got me through it because I know it was my message from spirit that I'm not doing this alone I may feel alone I may feel isolated I may feel like I'm in the pit of despair but spirit is right there with me 
you know, mm-hmm. and that, that proved that to me. And it's, that's, that is, you know, when I get there, it's grace. I ask for grace, 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 come, come, fill me up. <laughs> and just, you know, hearing you say that, because there, there are so many times we don't pay attention, right? We don't pay attention. Mm-hmm. And I mean, many things happen and we get so caught up in our day and all of that, but there are very purposeful things that happen to remind you or to give you a message. And if you're not paying attention, it's going to happen again. Or you might, you know, something else will happen and it'll be like, well, I tried to warn you, but you weren't paying attention. So, you know, those sort of things. And so the more we can start to sort of sit, sit with that, um, but also Mm -hmm. that, that um, spending time with spirit, right. And actually conversing, or in whatever way that is for you, I do a lot of intuitive writing um, because mm-hmm. that's the conversations I have. But without that, I have to have, you know, maybe it'll be, I have to hit that deer for me to go, oh, you're trying to tell me that, right? <laughs> now my car's wrecked. <laughs> so, you know, I'm okay, but my car's wrecked because I wasn't paying attention. And I've had a lot of those sort of hit me upside of the head with a two by four because I don't pay attention. And so I have really been trying to sit with how can I, um, how can I listen more? Stop mm-hmm. trying to be like in charge of everything. How can I just listen? See what, because spirit, the universe, God, whoever it is for you has your best interest. They want the best for you. Mm-hmm. So if you just allow stop trying to control this is i'm talking to myself here stop trying to control totally no it's it's amazing how things unfold it's amazing Mm -hmm. yeah it is yeah yeah it's interesting too i started you know i was telling you before like i'm reading like five different books or whatever one of the books that i'm reading and, and this is why i'm reading five different books because I started with this one. Well, actually, it's, this is like the third book in, in them. But I, I, I found this book and it's called Conscious Language by Robert Tennyson Stevens that I found off of, I think it was um, Greg Braden talked about him. So I'm like, oh, let me look this up. That sounds interesting, you know? Yep, it's, it's the skipping stone of information. But um, it's really interesting because what I like about it is it's, it's what he teaches, how we speak to ourselves, how we, how we internal dialogue and how we create with our language. And one of the things, you know, in the Patrick Mesa tradition, one of the axioms is, um, well, consciousness begets reality, language begets, language begets reality <laughs> or language, you know, cause it, it, it creates our reality. Our language creates our reality. It's, it's, you know, a vibrational frequency. So even if, so even if you go, oh, I'm going to consciously watch what I say and how I say it, if your vibrational energy, if what you're feeling isn't congruent to your words, that kind of creates some sort of jam in the system. Anyway, like it was just something that you said that triggered that. And I think it was the I am he talks when he in, in the book, when you're reading it, it's I am in capital letters and everything he says is I am this I am that it's like I am statements it's like realizing like well I am the power of creation mm-hmm. you know I am that you know I am the one consciousness it's part of the law of one you know which is you know all we're all that we're all you know God isn't you know somewhere up in a cloud in a mansion and you know handing out things if we're good or you know, do the right things, you know, or punishing us for that matter for doing the wrong things. You know, that's totally of our own making of how we talk about God. God is male and God is, you know, has a long white beard. And, you know, it, it, I, I actually like, God um, is white. God is white. (laughs) Yes. You know, like all of those things we've humanized that. Right. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it matches, it mirrors our patriarch. We talk about that a lot, right? Mm-hmm. We talk about the patriarchal influence on, <laughs> on our spirituality on you know, all of that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it's really interesting because even when I say the word God, I have a hard time with it when I say it. So I like saying spirit because it doesn't have that same, I'm not connected to that word in the same way. Mm-hmm. So it's, 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 I think too, finding our own 
way of how we want to say things is really helpful till we can get the program out of there. I mean, and if it's a pattern, right, that we're all currently living in, <laughs> it's going to creep into our language because it's part of our culture. And so that's another place. And I guess all of that to kind of say, like, it's, it's another place that's going to rear its head when we, when we go next level, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, you're going to get like, especially if you're a woman, you're going to get all of those reasons why you should be, you're supposed to shut up, mm-hmm. you know, and not yeah. speak your, not speak your truth, not speak what, you know, um, don't rock the boat, whatever, you know, whatever, you know, passive aggressive, like manipulation, all the things that we learned how to do mm-hmm. to help us find our way and, and be in the world. Right. But we're wanting to do that differently. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. 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 And, and hence, and it's funny because Deb and I, uh, you and I were just talking well before we started about similar programs again, that we're both (laughs) offering because we seem to get the exact same downloads at the exact same time. You know, we get a slightly different version based on sort of where we're coming from and how we're doing it, but the information, essentially what we want to shift and change is the same thing. And I just find that fascinating, uh, especially the connection you and I have, but also I often see it elsewhere in the spiritual community, right? Mm -hmm. Because that connection, that energy, that, that information that's needed is being fed to all of us. And those who are willing to share are all grabbing it and, and Mm -hmm. moving forward with it. I think it's being shared to a lot more than it's making it come, come alive, but yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like if, you know, if, if it's true, we're all one consciousness and consciousness is expanding. We're all having an experience of that, right? Mm-hmm. We're all having experience of that and where we sit in our experiences, right? Some of us are leading in, in that, right? We're leaders in the field of creativity and healing and, and arts and all that kind of stuff and how it speaks through us, right? So that's, you know, there's if you're listening to this or watching this, and this is a field that you've been wanting to enter into, but haven't because you have that lack feel like, oh, there's already so many people doing this. And, you know, oh, you know, I'm, it's going to be a struggle. And yeah, you know, maybe I'm not that's good enough. And I'm not, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I don't enough. know enough. Yeah. <laughs> BS. Um, the truth of the matter is how many billions or trillions of people there are there on the planet that are all waking up right now that could mm-hmm. use your help. And we can't do it all. Like, uh, you know, I can we were just talking so about like, <laughs> yeah, like how people get, how people can get burnt out mm-hmm. being in service in this way. Cause there's a balance. There's a balance that needs to happen. We, we get to live in that balance, right? and and serve and be of service um to our communities and um those who are um wanting to come up it's like come on up already you know stop telling the story i'll help you that's mm-hmm. you know that's kind of where my business i think is starting to expand into is Any helping us, yeah. yeah is helping women to find that find that pathway mm-hmm. you know maybe it is online maybe it isn't online but like it, the, the trend is online because that's where more people, more and more people are showing up, especially since the pandemic, you know, yeah, that's shifted somewhat, you know, um, as people are going back, but, you know, I don't know how done we are with, you know, the big wake up, you know, the big, oh. the big flaps, you know, no, there's, there's, if we're, if we're, we're in yeah, the throes of it, but it's a long time, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we're experiencing it on a personal level that we need to be hit upside the head a few times <laughs> before we get the message, I can safely say that, like, you know, that's going to happen on a collective level, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, so, it's so true. And, and it's interesting what you were just saying about that business part of it, because that's a model I'm seeing so many others, because I've been doing it for a while now. And I love collaborations. And so summits are kind of that thing that I do often because I love collaborations. And then other things come out of that. Books have been written, you know, live uh, shows have been done, you know, all of these different things from collaborations. And, but then I've also now opened up the business side, right? As many creatives, healers, spiritual people are doing because there's so many people coming in that need that guidance. And we've figured it out the hard way. So let's, let's help, let's help people 
figure it out a little bit easier so we can get more of this energy helping more people because we can't do it all. And not only we can't do it all, burnout and all of that, but also the fact that, you know, everybody speaks a slightly different dialect, if you will, right? Like words that I use are not always the same words that you use and the words that, and so we resonate with different people. And that's one of the things I love about the collectives with my summits is, you know, is, is we all speak a little different. And so we bring all of these people together and they can find the best for them, right? What's going to really speak to them. And I know when I first started, I had so many people say, well, they're just going to steal your ideas or that, you know, that seems like a bad idea. They do what you do and it's competition. No, we're all trying to share this message. We're Mm -hmm. all trying to help the healing, you know, and creativity is such an amazing way to do that. And then, but the spiritual aspect of it, there's just so many components. And when, when we come together, we can just do that on such a a grander scale, Mm -hmm. that many more people. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the thing is, is like, it's, it's an evolution, right. And, um, you know, as we are coming into more and more awareness and, um, not operating from like, you know, the healing, the cycle of healing, you know, Oh, um, I see this a lot because I work with a lot of healers in my, in my practice. And, you know, one of the, the things I see a lot is that thing you learned how to do, like, you know, Oh, like something's not working there must be something in my past <laughs> I had to go back and fix it. I didn't, didn't fix it. Right. And I think that awareness that no, no, it's you're at the next level and you need to take the next step and going back to heal it or fix it. It's, it's an exercise in futility. It's coming up for a reason. And, you know, you, you get to expand into that too. stop waiting. You know, you heal as you go, you know, you're healed, you're healed enough. And as you go and as you expand and as you, create and these things come up well you those get to expand too right Mm -hmm. and so yeah i I guess this it's so funny because that question about healing kind of opened up this whole (laughs) whole thing that we're talking about and you know i guess it's like stop going after the healing all the time you know (laughs) but yeah yes and no because (laughs) you (laughs) know just a little bit i think it's all in how you look at it right um I, I think working with healers is a little bit different than working with people who are, are trying to um, figure it out, right? I, I work with a lot of people who are just trying to figure it out. They don't even necessarily know that there's a problem. And so we start with the basics of let's create, let's just get into that. And what do we need to feed our soul? And then as we do that, we, we sneak in a little bit of this, you know, healing work as in let's look at a few things and then mm-hmm. what comes up with that and I tend to be a little sneakier I do tell you I'm not that sneaky actually but you know, <laughs> I'm, <used. laughs> I'm not very good at being sneaky just so you know and so, <laughs> I'm going to tell you all my secrets right here that's right right here <laughs> maybe it's more not entry level but um, people who are just starting to to figure out that they have a pattern, right? Oh yeah, I've done some work, but I didn't know I had patterns. I've done some work here, but I didn't know I had this here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as you get further up or further along your journey, maybe is a better way to look at it. Further, mm-hmm. there's a spiral that you do, um, yeah, yeah, that you start to look at it a little differently, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, what, what's, what do I just need to know right now? What's gonna yeah. that sort of thing? Yeah. 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 That's, that's really true. Yeah. And it's, it, yeah, I do, I do get to remember like my experiences and who I work with isn't, you know, mm-hmm. the same for everybody. Um, you know, I do honor, I do honor the healing path. I guess it's just, I've been, yeah, I've been looking at healing differently, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. you know from a transformational um, model or, lens let's put it this way because it is it is to me it is transformational um not that you don't you know because you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater mm-hmm. either you mm-hmm. know that, you're not ever healed it's not like right. you find a cure and you're like oh I'm all better now it's not like that yeah. either right right yeah it's, it's work and so I guess maybe it is it's the language we use 
Right? Yes, I was just going to say, yeah, it's probably comes <laughs> down to the language and how we're defining it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause we do that. Like it does, it hangs us up, doesn't it? Yeah. Because we don't, we don't. Um, so we end up arguing kind of, the same point. We're yeah, talking about the well, same thing. We're just saying it differently. Differently. Yeah. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, we're picking it apart to death. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, That's um, but it makes sense though, when you think about it, right? Because what we're creating right now, we're, we're shifting paradigms. Mm-hmm. So, so we don't have the language yet for that next iteration, that next paradigm shift. And so that's also part of that conscious language book that I'm, that I'm reading is, is, is like that, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. we're, you know, if, if language is a part of how we are creating, we have to, we have to, or get to start talking about it differently you know Mm -hmm. but doesn't mean we do something differently if that makes sense right yeah yeah Yeah. that healing is part of that right but what do we you know how do we what does it mean you know to heal you know and that is that transformation right yeah to transform what's happening into something different and yeah that's very interesting you say that um because Brené Brown's Atlas of the Heart. So (laughs) I often talk about emotions and different emotions. We work on different emotions in in my programs and things like that. So um, Brené Brown, who I love, and uh, Atlas of the Heart and, and sort of dissecting all of the emotions. But one of the things that she talks about is our language. And as we um, can learn to use the language that best expresses so that we can sort of share our story in a deeper way, right? Mm-hmm. And, and she talks about specifically emotions and it's like, we, yeah. we stick with these five core emotions and then it's like, oh, I'm sad. Well, are you sad? Or, you know, is there something more to that? Is there another layer to that? What are you really? Well, I'm really frustrated and, and maybe, you know, kind of disappointed that uh, it didn't work out. So, you know, you're not sad. I mean, higher level, if that's where you're at, you're sad. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you start to dig deeper, you're able to express that, be able to understand it more, you're able to share it more. You know, so as we, as talking about language, as we do that more and more, if we can all then start to understand uh, each other better because of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that kind of goes down to, to that, like, that curse of being separate, you know, they're thinking you're alone mm-hmm. in what you're moving through. And, um, you know, the, the themes that we've been working through in the last, like, you know, I don't know, decade or, or more of the interconnected nature, you know, we're all one, um, you know, that awareness that's coming through and what does that really mean? And, you know, how are we, how, I can't picture that. Like I'm, you know, I'm in this separate body and you're in your separate body and you're in Canada and I'm in in Arizona. And, mm-hmm. you know, so we're pretty separate, but we're connected. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, how do we wrap our minds around that? You know, and language also is a way of, of helping that understanding experiential sort of lived experience um, kind of languaging. And how is, you know, how are we connected with nature and how are we one with nature? And, you know, um, we have that, all that programming that like teaches us like, well, we have dominion over, you know, dominion over nature. And we, we get to dictate what trees get knocked down and Mm -hmm. not replanted, or, you know, we get to take everything out of the coal mine or everything out of the ground because we're human and we get to use it, you know? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's not like we're not operating from the win-win like how how can we have both you know where we're Mm -hmm. our needs are met you know and without destroying other people's without yes without destroying other people so it's like that awareness of like Mm -hmm. you're not alone but it's it's um I, I I kind of reflecting back onto something I said earlier when you're in the throes of like a healing a healing crisis Mm -hmm. um that you do feel alone. And that's, that's the emotion of, mm-hmm. you know, I don't belong, or I don't, you know, like, you know, from Brene Brown's work, you know, belonging and connection and disconnection, 
you know, that, you know, for me personally, this connection was a tool I use because I'm bad. You know, what I, what I feel and think is bad and wrong. And I don't want to harm another Mm -hmm. with my, with my energy or my, my thoughts, my emotions, but whatever. So I'll just like unplug and do everybody a favor, but Mm -hmm. that's a learned behavior. That's, that's what I learned, you know, growing up, you know, and, and we often do, especially as women learn to do that, but culturally we Mm -hmm. all like, if you can't play the game at this level, you know, you shouldn't even be on the field. And it's like, no, you actually need to be on the field because that level is not sustainable. So we need to have everybody on the field so that we can figure out what we as a collective all need together, right? Right. Instead of letting the ones who can sustain that, Mm -hmm. um, which is a very few, uh, rule the roost basically, right? So, which is what we've seen for. Yeah. Yeah. The the other piece of this too, that kind of popped in as you were talking is like, well, you know, there's the soul, the whole soul purpose thing too. Mm -hmm. You know, what if you, you know, who are listening to this, you know, have this nudge to want to get your work out into the world, whatever that happens to be, whatever, maybe you don't even know yet, but you have a nudge. Mm -hmm. You don't know what it's going to look like, but you have something that is driving you, but you keep feeling like you're hitting the wall and you're in that depression. Like, I, I know I need something. I don't know what it is, or I, I'm supposed to be doing something. What if you like contracted on the other side, you contracted to work with certain people, certain souls, you know, mm-hmm. and that nudging that you're feeling, that depression that you're feeling, or that even if it's anger, frustration, overwhelm, all of those things that we talk about is part of the signaling that you're not living up to your contract. Yeah. Get up and go, man. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It's scary, but it's, it is, it's that like, well, which is worse, Mm -hmm. which is worse for you sitting in that that's the pain, right? Sitting in the pain of it and not expressing what you know, your soul is driving you. You feel it right in here. You know, it's, it's like, that's where the pain is. It's like right in there. And the pain is also up in here because that's the ping pong game that keeps going on. Yes. You can't because you don't know. <laughs> you haven't done this. You haven't, you know, it's like whatever the story is up here and keeps you out of feeling this, this needs to be felt. And then what's, you know, where do we want to drive this bus to, you know, like, what are you here to do? And, you know. And so, yeah, <laughs> we can just go into a whole thing on this and we might have I to know. save it for our show, but, um, you know, I just want to just make a note because it, it's so true. And, and we often get stuck with, um, because we think outside the box and then, well, we, we don't fit in. No, you're not supposed to fit in. You're not supposed to fit in. You're supposed to stand out. And that's how change happens. That's how your change happens. That's how you help other people. And you're going to get so much pushback. You're going to get so many people who are like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't do that. No, that's a bad idea. Don't you know, you know, so-and-so did that in the 1600s. It didn't work out. Whatever story they keep hearing. (laughs) That one time. (laughs) That one time. You're going to hear all the reasons why you shouldn't do it. Uh, I remember my mother-in-law, like, being so upset when I left my uh, government job because the benefits and the pension. And it was like but it's literally killing me, mm-hmm. like literally killing me, mm-hmm. like dead or no pension. I'm going to go with no pension. I'm all right with that. Yeah. Right. Because I have to move out of this. That depression was so bad. It almost killed me. Yep. And that was my turning point. And yeah. I, said, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. You hear that so often and yeah, it's painful and it takes time to mm-hmm. turn the boat around you know, to turn that ship around because mm-hmm. you have all of the resistance around you. Right. And that some of that too, is like the, the people in our lives too, if you change and you're demonstrating something that can be done, mm-hmm. then they have to kind of look at that too in themselves. And not a lot of people want to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, that's telling you that what you, what you're doing is wrong. I mean, I get that with, when I left my job too, like, you know, what, you, what are you crazy? You close your practice. You moved across the country, you dragged my son across the country, and now you're quitting <laughs> this job too. Like, you know, loser. And it's like, no, I'm listening to my soul. I'm listening to my soul. And it doesn't follow 
the guidelines and pathways of our society all the time. And it's scary mm -hmm. as hell. Mm -hmm. But when you have, when you've had enough experience and you get little experiences and that's, you know, one thing I will say as a caveat to, to, to this is start to let yourself have those smaller experiences of trusting your soul's guidance, like the voice of your soul, get to know the voice of your soul mm -hmm. so that, that you have that trust built up on those little things, right? Yeah. And then when you, when it comes time to take those big, huge leaps, they're scary. I like, I remember when I left my job here, like, I was like, not again. Why, why do I want to do it this way? Like, can't there be another way? Apparently that's the way I wanted to do it, you know? And what am I proving to myself that like, I'm resilient, that I land on my feet. You know, what are some of the things that I didn't see about myself mm -hmm. that are maybe other people see that I'm just blind to. <laughs> so yet again, I'm going to do another leap, you know, but I think because I did that one with a lot more awareness, I, I, you know, I want to, I would love to say I got the lesson, but we'll see. <laughs> well, there's another one in there somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah. There's always, always. <laughs> love having conversations with you, but I think we're going to wrap up here and uh, just remind people that you can also join Deb and I monthly, the third Monday of the month. We do a live uh, YouTube and Facebook uh, streaming. And so we have information. So if you want to, you know, find out more, make sure that you don't miss it, uh, get on our mailing list. We'll have the links there. And so that you don't miss that because we have these amazing conversations every month. So <laughs> Um, but I want to thank you so much, Deb, for being here. I do. I do oh, have a conversation. So uh, any final thoughts uh, as we, we say goodbye today? Oh, no, I don't want to overload the audience with my final <laughs> thoughts. Because I, I mean, I don't know. My thoughts will never be final. <laughs> <laughs> love that. I love that. So, <laughs> well, to our listeners, we will see you again next time. And in the meantime, I wish for you amazingly creative days. Thank you for listening. If you found our podcast of interest, we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you listen in.